When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bulletin. Well, pleased to say joining us on The Bulletin today is a gentleman who's on the other side of the world, about to embark on yet another tour following the All Blacks. And of course, that begins uh, on a Friday night, our time. And uh, that is uh, against the Springboks at uh, Twicken. A fantastic uh, lead up match to any World Cup, this would be. Uh, Jamie Wall joins us. Uh, Jamie, uh, where do we find you in London at the moment? Yes, uh, good evening, Smithy, or good morning to where you are. I'm in Hammersmith. Um, I've just been down by the water uh, having, a, having a couple of couple of lemonades uh, on the banks of the Thames in a uh, place called Hammersmith. And, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a pretty cool trip so far. It's, uh, we've, we've had a good time. Uh, but the, the real business uh, starts on Friday night down at Twickenham, and it's a game we're, we're really looking forward to. Well, okay. Let's uh, look at the the side that uh, Ian Foster has rolled out, and I would imagine uh, there won't be too many changes uh, all going well uh, when he lines up uh, his number one side, uh, particularly in the backs, where w- w- the side is almost pretty predictable. Or was it? Did you expect it to be this strong? I think this is the most predictable All Black team we've seen in Ian Foster's tenure, and that's a very good. Good thing for the All Blacks. Uh, we the only real question mark was over blind plugs. Of course, Shane Frizzell's injured, so it was just really a question of whether they were going to put Luke Jacobson there or uh, perhaps uh, Scott Barrett. Obviously, he's he's just playing so well at the moment. He could probably do a job at both. They've obviously gone with Jacobson, which is which is good because he hasn't really had much rugby. I I kind of feel like this might have been Jacobson's game anyway. Uh, given the amount of work that Priscilla is going to be doing over the next, um, you know, few couple of months uh, in the, at the World Cup, that perhaps they might want to just give him a bit of a rest anyway. So, so yeah, that was the only real uh, uh, question mark over over the team. Um, the bench itself, I mean, the, the, I, I, the, I guess the big talking point is the 6 split that Foster's gone for on the bench, which hasn't happened in the All Blacks before. Um, and uh, the fact that they've brought Josh Lord uh, onto the bench uh, and to provide uh, as well, and all going well, those guys are going to come on and be able to close close the game out. But other than that, yeah, like you said, very critical side, and that back line is looking very, very stable, which is which is a really good sign leading into a World Cup. Dane Cole starting at hooker. Is, uh, is that a given, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's... Looking at the group, the hooking group that they've, they've taken away, you're not really losing much between uh, each each of the three guys that are there. Um, obviously, Samathoni Tapiaho is coming off the bench. Uh, but Coles is so experienced that you're really not losing anything. Like, out of the three, he's he's probably, you know, the guy who's going to be, you know, in reserve in case one of our guys falls over. But uh, if there was any room for sentimentality, this was a position where Foster could could do that uh, because, like I said, they're not really losing much by having them having like Dane Coles in there. And then being able to bring off 
bring Tennessee Takeo off the bench as well. Like that's a real luxury that uh, the All Blacks are one of the few teams in the world that are able to uh, to replace a guy like Coles with a guy like Takeo as well. So that, that, that's probably the only sort of eyebrow raise out of out of the whole thing. But at the same time, it's like well, again. Um, we'd been given Dane Coles for uh, media earlier in the week, so it was obvious he was going to be playing. Um, so, again, uh, even that's not really much of a surprise. Springboks uh, uh, lined up a very, very powerful pack, of course, which features uh, Sai Khaleesi coming back into the fold alongside Fermulin and Peter Steff de Toy. So uh, they haven't mucked around either. Jacques Nierneber has, has shown a few things here. Yeah, yeah, the, the big talk about the Springboks this week has been about the fact it's, 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 it's absolutely like the, the top uh, that they can field, uh, which is kind of different to the way they approached the last test, where if you remember they, they'd stack the bench uh, in the hopes that their the bench could come on and do the job for them. Unfortunately, the All Blacks played too well in the first half, and, and especially that first 20 minutes in that game at Mount Smart, and, and uh, had managed to put enough of an arm's reach between them and the Springboks uh, by the time the, the bench came on. So, uh, yeah, Jack Nenebauer and I guess Rusty Erasmus as well have, have gone for a far more traditional uh, approach to, you know, put all your best players in the, in the starting 15, which is, you know, like, that's the way you should be running a rugby team, you guys. Like, you should know that. Uh, but really the question back over the box is what they've done in the backs. So I thought Kane and Moody into centre. Uh, he's usually a winger. He's a young fella. Uh, so it'd be quite interesting to see how he goes there. We had a had a chat with a couple of happening today, saying this is a bit, little bit of roll the dice. But if they are going to roll the dice, this is the game to do it. But given the way the box can shut down a game and play it in their forwards, yeah, it might not it might not matter. I think the biggest question mark over the Springboks is how Marnie Libet goes at, at ten. Uh, given that he's got a lot of responsibility on him now that uh, Andre Pollard's been ruled out of the out of the World Cup, um, and how much of the load he can take off uh, after Clerk at halfback. You're right in the heart of uh, English rugby, of course. So, uh, what have that on the ground over there? What have you made of this uh, farcical judiciary system, which has uh, had Owen Farrell at the the top of uh, of their agenda? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, you really kind of need a bit of a law degree to really kind of get your head around what's going on um, with the judiciary. And it's it's just a shame, that, to, to me anyway, that Test Rugby's got to a point where we're talking about lawyers and judiciaries kind of like the way that the America's Cup seems to work now, but it seems to be part and parcel of the game and about how you have teams with money can afford good lawyers that can, that can do this and then they've brought the game kind of a little bit of disrepute by getting him, having Farrell let off that charge and then what well, we had to step in and, and change things and even then he still got off with a much lighter suspension than you, you might have already thought he's only going to miss the first two games of the World Cup campaign so it's, it, it is, you're right it's farcical, it's, it's not it's not a good look for the sport uh, but the, I just would really like to know if the will is there at the top level to, to be changing this or whether there's enough lawyers out there making money out of this whole situation that um, this is the way it's going to be from now on because that, unfortunately, is the way that society works. There's lawyers manage to squeeze themselves into these situations where they can make money out of it and this doesn't feel like it's any different. 
And uh, just finally, um, the, um, uh, you know, the the interesting uh, situation uh, we're, we're also finding um, over there is uh, Steve Hansen helping out, uh, well, supposedly helping out Eddie Jones. Was this pretty much a beef up, really? I mean, Ian Foster hasn't given it much regard, has he? <laughs> well, if Ian Foster didn't want this to be a story, and Steve Hansen didn't want this to be a story, Ian Foster probably should have t- told Dane Coles. Uh, before the media got to him, uh, and Colsey made that what's now become a viral video reaction to him being told that his former coach of the All Blacks is now hanging out with the Wallabies, uh, because that is newsworthy. I'm sorry, you guys, like, it is. That's why we're over here. We're, <laughs> we're here for stuff like that to happen, and if you think it's not, then you need to go and read some books about the way that the news works. Uh, I, I, I get why Steve Hansen probably isn't giving him much time today. He doesn't really have much to do with him. Um, but he was sitting in a press conference today saying, oh, yeah, I've really enjoyed your, your dumb headlines and everything. It's like, mate, those headlines were direct quotes from one of your own players. That's the way it works. If you don't want your players to be saying that, perhaps you should tell them that Steve Hansen is going to uh, go and uh, be hanging out with Eddie Jones. That, the whole thing, yeah, it is, it is, I guess, a storm and ticker, but at the same time, like, the public have reacted to it back in New Zealand. Like, you, all you need to do is just look at the numbers, look at the amount of people ring up to get with you about it, look at the headlines that have been um, generated by this, by this whole thing. That's the way it works, man. You can't just brush it under the carpet. Uh, at the same time, you know, like, if, if it is... Uh, for real, and Steve Hansen just had a sort of handshake deal with Eddie Jones to like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll come in and check on what you're doing and see if I can help out. Like, good on him. Like, that's cool and everything. But at the same time, like, it's, of course it's going to raise, uh, raise eyebrows back in New Zealand. Of course it is. Jamie, uh, thank you very much for uh, giving up a, a bit of your time because um, it is uh, getting on in the evening over there. So we appreciate it, mate. And... Um, uh, enjoy Twickenham at the weekend. Uh, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Double header there. Uh, are, are we looking at a situation uh, where we're going to get a bigger crowd than uh, England themselves? Oh, yeah. That, that's the big story over here from an English point of view is that um, it looks like the crowd's not going to be bigger. It's going to be up twice as big. Um, so the game on Friday night is sold out. Uh, the next day, England play Fiji. Uh, I will give the RFU a bit of slack here. There's a train strike um, planned for for Saturday, which is going to make life really difficult for a lot of people, and so it's probably put a lot of put a lot of people off. Because Twickenham's not the easiest ground in the world to get to um, if you if you can't make it by a train. Um, and also, the weather over here is absolutely stunning. Like it's it's been fantastic all week. I can't believe I'm, I've come all the way over to England for a summer holiday, but uh, I'm here now, and uh, it's been great. So maybe some people are just going to go to the beach and get, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't get many opportunities over there. Hey, Jamie, thanks very much, mate, and uh, and have a terrific weekend. We'll catch up again uh, round about the, uh, the, the, this first game against France in the World Cup, which is another intriguing story. Jamie Wall, thank you for being part of the bulletin. Cheers, another good one.